Today we're going to learn how a Scottish native falls in love with wine in France and then ends up becoming named a winemaker to watch right here in Sonoma. Well, so I'm not going to lie, your accent gives it away a little bit. I'm guessing you're not a native of Sonoma. North Texas. Yeah, okay. I'm from North Texas. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> a little bit further east and a little bit further north of Texas, actually, in Scotland. Tell me a little bit more about how you get from Scotland to Sonoma. It was a long, sinuous trip. Yes. <laughs> so it took me, first of all, I left Scotland uh, after uni and I went to work in France. So I went down to work in France. And I lived in France for many years, and uh, that's where I discovered wine. I got into wine down there. I've got friends with a bunch of French guys, and they were all into wine. I didn't know what wine was coming from Scotland. I thought no. wine came out of a box. Okay. <laughs> so when we got to France, that's where I discovered that you know wine actually came out of a bottle, and it tasted really good. So right. I discovered I had a passion for it, and then I discovered I had a palate for it, and it's been a slippery path ever since. But my uh, tech job, because I was working in tech in France, and that's what originally led me out to America too. So I was working down in the Bay Area for many years. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Nice. And so trips up to Sonoma, kind of... All the time. Right. Yeah. And what, how did you kind of dive into the wine industry then? So basically, I, I, when I was living in France, I discovered I had a passion and a palate for it. And so when I came over here, the first thing I wanted to do was discover California wine country. Mm -hmm. And so I traveled all over California wine country, Sonoma, um, Dry Creek, Russian River, Napa all over the place and I really get, fell into the, the, the Californian wine industry, um, or at least tasting. And it was actually, I got friends with a couple of winemakers in the Rhone when I was living in the Rhone Valley. And I got friends with a couple of uh, winemakers, Yves Cuiron and Francois Villard, and uh, used to meet them every year. They would come over for, you know, to consult with some of the wineries in the area. And I met, I meet them for dinner and uh, we would chat about it. And, and I was saying to them one night, oh, how are the vintages and how are the vines? And, and they kind of looked at me and they said, Steve, this may be misplaced, but we don't think your passion's in tech anymore. You might want to get into the wine industry. And so that's when I started. Yeah. I actually started from that point forward. And I thought, yeah, I should try and see how I can do this. And so it was uh, very quickly thereafter, I met a winemaker up in Dry Creek and I started helping him make wine. And so I helped him for a couple of vintages and then asked him in 2007, I said to him, is there any way I could make a little bit of Syrah on the side? And uh, he said to Michael Talty, and I said to me, uh, he says, well, tell you what, if you continue helping me make my Zin, I'll let you make your Syrah here. Nice. Little did I know it was the very first step of a very slippery path. Right. <laughs> a good path. A good path. Very enjoyable path. I enjoy it every day. It gets me out of bed and it's, I love this industry. It's great. So fast forward to where we are today. We're standing in your beautiful tasting room. We're in Kenwood. Tell me more about, about where, where the winery and what your brand is now today. So I've been, I started my label in 2007 uh, and I've been making wine since 2007. Uh, we opened a little tasting room down on the plaza in 2013 and I was there for six years. And uh, just recently, actually just this year, uh, we opened this little, that, our tasting cottage on our property, our new property. Heather, my wife, found this property last year and we moved out here last year during harvest. And we just opened uh, our doors. We're actually inviting people in by appointment now. And we take uh, people through the, the wine. So I still make my wine down in Sonoma. Mm -hmm. I have a, um, a warehouse down in Sonoma and that's where I make my wine. 
but this is now a, a, a place where I can now introduce people to the wines. Absolutely, and it's, it's adorable and welcoming and just such a wonderful little space here. Tell me about your vision for your brand and you, your focus is right currently on Syrah. Tell me more about kind of why Syrah and, and how you have developed that uh, varietal. So for me, when I was living in France, I lived in two places in France. I lived in Paris for five years, but then I also lived in the Northern Rhone for five years. And I don't know if you know, but Northern Rhone in France is known for its Syrahs. That's where they grow the majority of Syrah in France, and that's where I fell in love with Syrah. Uh, especially when I got friends with Yves and Francois, um, I really got into uh, the Syrahs in that area. And so really my, my thing in California is I love French Syrah, I love Northern Rhone Syrah, and I'm trying to make that same style. The big difference between the Northern Rhone and here, California, is really how much sun we get here because we're a lot further south latitude-wise than they are in the Northern Rhone. And so the way that I'm trying to replicate the conditions of the Northern Rhone, since I can't move the tectonic plates, is... I'm <laughs> Just a little detail. It's a little detail. Yeah. They move on their own, actually, yeah, around here. They do. <laughs> um, so I'm going out towards the coast and I look for sea fog. So the fog, when it comes into the vineyards in Russian River area, keeps the vines from seeing too much sun. Mm -hmm. And because the vines see less sun, they develop less sugar. And with less sugar, I can make wines with less alcohol. So really, my whole focus is on cool climate mm -hmm. Syrah, because it enables me to make more of that Northern Rhone style. And that's the style I love. Nice. And what can a consumer, ex excuse me, what can a consumer expect when they open a bottle of your Syrah? So the first thing is, when consumers come in, they're always surprised because they come in with preconceptions of what Syrah is and what Syrah isn't. And when they taste my Syrahs, they realize that Syrah can be many, many things. Um, when people open my wine, I really hope that they're opening it with a meal, with friends, with a meal. Because for me, the reason I love Syrah is it's the quintessential food wine. It goes with everything. Um, and that's really what I try and show people as I go through my tasting, is I have a Syrah that will actually pair with fish versus we wow. go through four or five different Syrahs and we end up with a Syrah that will end with, that could pair with barbecue ribs and a peppered steak. So there's really a, a large range of foods that you can pair with Syrah and that's why I love it because I'm a foodie, unfortunately. Yeah. I love food. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> well, you're in this perfect spot for that anyway. Yes. So, and then tell me a little bit about some of the other wines in, on your label. So, when I was living in France, we traveled with my friends, we traveled all throughout France and we got to really discover many, many different regions, all the different wine growing regions. In fact, it was my, my, my goal to find them all. And uh, so we planned going around all these different regions. And so really today what I'm trying to do is make wines that have that same influence from the French influence, but from different regions. For example, my Sauvignon Blanc uh, is actually from the Loire. It's more of a Loire style, which means that I barrel ferment it and I barrel age it. Um, the wine is only 12.5% alcohol though, so it's a nice light, super crisp, but it's got a nice mouthfeel uh, from the barrels. Um, I make a Viognier a little bit more of a Northern Rhone style again, so in Russian River fruit, which enables me to make a very light style. So again, only 13.5 alcohol, so nice and light, great food wines. Mm -hmm. And then I make um, a Pinot. Um, obviously, Burgundy was an area that we went to many, many times. I tend to prefer more of the Côte de Bones over the Côte de Nuise, so I like more that fruit-forward nature mm -hmm. versus the spice. So I'm trying to make more of that same style here too. And so, again, Russian River, going out towards right. Russian River. Uh, right, the thing is, we're so fortunate in this area that we have such fantastic growing regions and such passionate growers. Right. Um, and it's really fun to find 
guys who are really passionate about what they're growing and work with them during the year. And that's what I do. Yeah. And I think the beauty of this area is you don't have to go too far to literally find a perfect spot for each varietal that you just mentioned. Exactly. It's, That's the fun, fun thing. Yeah. Not far at all. No. So tell me, how did you find your vineyard sources? Uh, a lot of work, a lot of effort and a lot of networking. Um, it's, uh, I've been very fortunate to have some very good friends who are uh, winemakers and who have been very, very helpful in terms of you know, telling me that they've heard somebody on the grapevine is, um, is, has dropped a contract or somebody, you know, so you might want to wait five minutes and give the, the grower a call. And nice. I typically only wait like a minute or right, two yeah. minutes, you know, showing great personal <laughs> <Right>. restraint. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it's, the other thing is really to try, as I said, I'm trying to show a range of Syrahs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really trying to find a vineyard in some of all, as you mentioned, all the kind of the microclimates in the Russian River to try and find vineyards that are representative of all of the different microclimates. Still cool climate, but there's a difference between super cool climate and less cool climate. And that's really what I'm trying to actually show. And so it's a lot of driving around, a lot of talking to people, um, and then a lot of tasting, which is the best part. Yeah, you can. That's the perk, right? Yes. Best part of winemaking. Best part. The wine drinking. Exactly. So on that note, when people come here and they schedule a tasting with you, what can they expect? So what they can expect is uh, to sit down with myself or my wife. It's the, just the two of us. Uh, we don't have anybody else. It's, uh, I am my wife's only employee. Uh, <laughs> And so we sit down with our guests and we take them through my wines. And we, we actually have a little food pairing uh, plate that we put together so that we can actually introduce people to the concept of food pairing with regards to Syrah and show the, red, the range that Syrah can go through, but also the Pinot, the, the Viognier, the Sauvignon Blanc, and actually show how the flavors can change. And so we go through and I talk about the vineyards, talk about what I do in the vineyards with the vineyard owner and the vineyard manager, and then also how I make the wine. Nice. I think that's kind of fun for people because they understand a little bit more of the link between the vineyard and mm -hmm. what's in the glass. It's right. when they actually understand how it actually all comes together. Absolutely. Yeah. So last question, any plans for a vineyard in Scotland? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just kidding. Ice wine maybe? There is actually a, uh, a person in Fife who just planted the very first vineyard in Scotland. Really? Yes, the very oh. first one. So it's, uh, I'm not sure how the wine is turning out yet. But uh, there is a vineyard, well, I mean, it's getting warmer, so no, Scotland's true. going to be the new Mediterranean in There Europe. we go. <laughs> well, cheers, and thank you so much for having us You're today. welcome. Steve's passion for winemaking is apparent, and the tasting experience they offer here is truly unique. Be sure to book yours today, order some wine, and thank you for your support.